I'm Megan Lawrence, and welcome to the Wild Leaders Podcast. Wild stands for Whole and Intentional Leader Development, and in this episode, you'll be listening to one of our Wild Conversations. Wild Conversations are interactive virtual experiences every Friday for one hour with leaders from around the country. It's no cost to join or attend, and you can sign up by visiting wildleaders.org backslash wildconversation. You can also listen on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Please follow us and subscribe. Wild Conversations are led by our founder and CEO, Dr. Rob McKenna. Named one of the top 30 IO psychologists alive today, Dr. McKenna is passionate about developing leaders and transforming the way we see people in our organizations. As he will tell you, we have the tools at our fingertips to invest in our people in ways that are meaningful to them and will get the results we need. 30 years of research has taught us how much people learn and grow on the job. We have what it takes to create rich learning environments for the people we lead, and all we have to do is begin to act on what we know. Thanks for joining this wild conversation. So it just came out, and um, Veronica uh-huh. and our other friend Kendon Muse. Uh, this is this is the book, The Age of Agility, and it's massive. It's up, it's up um, on the bookshop. It's up on the yeah, and it's it's a pretty awesome awesome. It, 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 I'm going to ask Veronica a question about this in a second because being the editor on a book like this is you can imagine, um, and it's it's crazy. The authors, the the thinkers that are in here who are a part of this, and then you've got Daniel and me. Uh, but it's just been like. <laughs> And we feel so just truly honored to be a part of this. But I, Veronica, I wanted to set up like at the beginning of the book, um, and we're going to get personal in just a second. But I, but uh, you, you launch out this the concept of the changing face of companies and organizations, and we've heard about this so much, you know, about our VUCA world. And, but I think there's some really interesting things in terms of the the shift that's ter- occurring there. You also, in your first chapter, you launch into the changing face of the employee employer relationship, which is fascinating. And then you get into the changing face of leadership. Um, I also, I want to suggest as we get going, y'all, that um, learning agility is this, it's being thrown around and agility itself is being thrown around a lot. In fact, Daniel and I were called this week with an amazing guy who's written two books about it that we didn't know about it. They're in the, they're in the background. And so it's mm-hmm. out there, but it's also something that is deeply, deeply personal. Um, mm-hmm. This is something that is, um, has a lot of nuance and a lot of movement around it. And so to that, uh, to that end, we're going to start personal. <laughs> Here we go, Veronica. So I okay. have in my, my hot little hands um, what's called our wild cards. So this is, and I realized there are 50 cards, and I'm, I picked out 20 of them just randomly. And so I want to start off, and I'm going to, you, you knew that you knew I was going to ask, but you don't know why. I knew you were going to do this. Okay. Exactly, so, exactly. And the whole, the whole wild deck is really questions that kind of open up, you know, learning agility. So it seems relevant. So you got to give me a number between one and 20. I'm going to give you one of my favorite numbers, six. Okay. One, two, three, four, five, six. All right. Here we go, everybody. This is the question. Uh, Veronica's got to answer. She didn't know this. Are you willing to edit yourself for the sake of others? <laughs> well, I can, I can answer that really literally. I had to do it with multiple chapters where I had to edit myself for the sake of others in words, in words alone. So being an editor kind of goes with territory, but absolutely. I definitely edit myself sometimes too much, sometimes not enough. I think the challenge is, 
is trying to hit that balance of staying authentic to yourself, but at the same time adapting to what other people need. So there's my answer. Yeah. And it's so weird. It is so weird that the card I picked was the editor card. It, wasn't it, it, it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, 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 you planned that. I think you must have planned There's that. only one card in 50 that has that on it. So, okay. Now, will you pick a number for me? Because I said if I was going to have you do that, I have to do it as well. What's, what's the number between one and 20? Uh, I'm going to pick nine. All right. What would you change if you were intentionally invested? What would change? If you were intentionally investing in the growth and development of others, I've been I've been thinking a lot about this uh, related to the the wild team. I think we do we practice what we preach, but I have specific targets for how I could do this better. And so I've been thinking about this a lot. What would change? Um, first thing that comes to mind is clarity for them. I think if I was more intentional, they would have increasing clarity. So that's my answer. Um, thank you for being here with us. I love those this, cards. I just love yeah. those. I've yeah. had so much fun with them when we've done them. So, um, and it's interesting too, that we, we didn't prep that. And it's just, it's fun to hear your responses. I know I did that to you the other day as well. <laughs> so yeah, it was a hard, it was an even harder question the other day. Yeah. So let me, so let me start off with this. I just, I, uh, and, and this is, this is not me leading this conversation, but us having a conversation, but I'll just set up the first part. I'm really curious as you and Ken, um, and I, I, I feel this because the process of building a book like this, and I know, I know many, many, many of the authors that were included, um, what was this like um, of putting together this book? What was that process of truly kind of trying to get the herd together to go in the same direction? Mm -hmm. um, and I'm assuming we weren't the only ones who felt guilty along the way for not getting new drafts that were necessary. But so what was the process of this? <laughs> well, I, I can honestly say that it was 95% fun. I mean, it was something that I have wanted to do. I've wanted to write a book for my entire career. I, I didn't exactly know what shape that book would take. And uh, but I think just knowing that was a, an intention I had primed me to see the opportunities, uh, connect with the right people to have this, you know, come to life. And I really owe a lot to Ken Demise because he had published before. So I had a really a built-in mentor along the way. Um, but it, it was, uh, in some ways it was easier than I thought. I mean, I had set myself up that it was going to be really, really difficult, but I, I mean, I guess a learning agile habit that I deployed was leveraging experience that I had. I mean, one of the things I've done a lot in my life is manage projects. And in many ways, editing a book is rallying a team around a, you know, a shared mission, a shared purpose to do something. And that in this case was really to, to pull together the very best thinking on learning agility, a concept that's really still evolving, but that we know is of critical importance in the world we're living in today. Mm, interesting. Um, I have so many questions about that process. Uh, is there, how did you make decisions about whose voices to include? Well, that, I mean, I, I, we were obviously gravita we gravitated toward people we knew, we respected, that we knew were good writers who were already thought leaders. But we were we were pretty intentional about trying to, um, you know, reach out and see who we might we, we overlooking. 
we really wanted to make sure it was global. Um, we, we had a few global authors. We maybe could have even had more. Um, but Ken and I think, I think we brought a diversity of perspective from the beginning because mm. he spent a lot of his energy on assessment of learning agility. And I have a personal passion around developing learning agility. And so, you know, I think we brought a good blend of perspectives and a good network of people that between the two of us, we knew. Um, and I think we were really to, to some extent just lucky that it all, the recipe all came together. Um, and I, I, one of the things I feel kind of best about is that we've, we've kind of formed a community of people who are interested in learning agility. And I hope that kind of snowballs and, and uh, you know, takes on a life of its own. Yeah. So uh, in, this, in this space, it's interesting. You know, when I, I think about... Uh, Agility and even if, even contributing a chapter and realizing there's so many different voices speaking into this space, yeah. it caused me to have to to think about um, how I define it. And, well, and, and I, I wanted to ask you about that because there are yeah. so many different definitions, and that was one of the things we struggled with with the book. Is that, um, in fact, in the last chapter, I think I had a table with about you know 16 different definitions. Yeah, it, it well. For me, it was interesting because I, I, you know, I'd been in this literature for a long time, as you have, and and but I also think there are, there's different language being used to describe what this is about. And so I, I'm always I'm a deconstructioner. <laughs> I don't know if that's a word, but I like to uh, to take concepts and then deconstruct them to their their fundamentals. And and I so I started thinking about the concept of agility. Like, what does that really mean? Because we t- we throw these words around, but we don't know what we're talking about. And, uh, and so I started thinking, and it immediately takes you into more physical agility comes up almost first, right? It's in, mm-hmm. and I was, I was fascinated by that concept of moving well. Um, mm-hmm. And the agility is about moving well, not necessarily about moving fast, but that would be one form of moving well. And uh, which is, uh, which got me into that whole space of what, when it talked about learning agility, it would mean, what does it mean to learn well? Um, you know, and so that, that's where my brain kind of migrated as we were getting into this. And of course, my experience of this has is, is really closely been tied to um, that connection, that link between experiences and lessons learned. And that's how that's how my brain first got into this, you know, with Bob Eichinger's work years ago and, and Morgan McCall's work years ago. Um, yeah, mine I think too. it's also interesting because the, the one, one of the things about that that I, I also that even preparing for this conversation got me thinking about is there's something in our cultural narrative um, that's fascinating. That whole concept of be who you are Mm -hmm. is fascinating to me, Um, especially when you think about it related to learning agility, which I also might suggest includes the concept of learning who you could become. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and and so it's not just like I'm locked in, but I have this capacity to become something. I didn't really imagine that I might be able to become, Uh, but that concept of moving well is something that uh, has been important. So, let me let me put this back on you. So you talk about, um, you know, that's that's my definition. But uh, and I, mm-hmm. it is, you talk about the core facets of learning agility. Um, mm-hmm. What what are those facets that that uh, to give everyone a chance to chew on some of those things? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Well, I think, you know, one of the things that made working on this book fun is that it was truly an exercise in learning for me. I came in with some knowledge of learning agility, but I had no idea how much I didn't know. And so I think one of the things that really emerged for, for me over the course of working on this, or maybe it crystallized for me, is that learning agility, and you're going to love this word, Rob, is very holistic. It really includes the whole leader because uh, in terms of the facets, I would say it, it, it involves how we perceive things mm. and learning how to perceive things perhaps differently. It is about uh, our emotions and being able to label, acknowledge, even control our emotions. It's about our thinking processes and being able to you know, see the things that are filtering how we interpret our perceptions. Uh, and then ultimately, you know, it's about how that shows up in the world. How do we translate mm -hmm. that into behaviors? Um, but I think another thing that I, I learned from your chapter, Rob, is how important motivation is and really understanding what inspires you. So, you know, perceptions, emotions, thoughts, behaviors, you know, motivators or inspirations are, are I think some of the things that, that really stood out to me by the time I got to the end of the book. So they're almost like five different levels of agility within learning agility. Huh. Huh. So, so, and what did you, did you name, did you just now name those levels? Um, well, I, I, uh, not just now, but over the course of writing, actually chapter 19 was my synthesis of this. And I think that's when I really came to those conclusions. You'll see some of that in chapter 19. Okay. Do you have so, those in front of you by any chance? Yeah. Well, I the just, words... I want everybody, just, just name them real quick. Cause I know I can, I'm okay. looking at faces. People are wanting to chew on this. So what are those five? Facets? Yeah. Okay. Those perceptions, levels? perceptions, how you perceive the world, your emotions, your emotional reactions, your thoughts, your mindsets about the world how you then interpret that into action or behavior. And then fifth, and, and maybe this should be first, is what motivates you, what inspires you to change any of this. So Interesting. that's the five. Yeah, that's good. That's good. So, um, so, it's so and, and, I, and I know you talk a lot, I, I threw out the word whole there. You talk a lot about whole leader development. I mean, it's in the DNA of your name. How does, how does, this, how does this fit in with um, whole leaders and learning? How, do whole, how does whole leadership and learning agility fit together with this? Well, it, it's funny. The, um, as I was saying, the, the thing that prompted my thinking about this, and actually one of my uh, co-authors is, is here today, uh, Dr. Tanya Boyd, and we did research on that connective, that linkage between experiences that we have and lessons that are available to us. And, mm -hmm. and so there's been a, you know, uh, scientists across our field have wanted to understand how do you unlock the gate between the learning that's available and the competency that I could develop as a leader, as a mm -hmm. person, and the experiences mm -hmm. that we know are teaching. And so it got us deep into that whole space of there've been different names, you know, uh, put on this, whether it's learning agility, whether it's developmental efficacy or even agency probably plays a role. Mm -hmm. And so as I, as I was thinking, it, when I've got deep into this, even the past few years, realizing that a lot of the work that we've done and even the development of the wild toolkit has been a process of an invitation mm -hmm. to someone being more learning agile. 
And because mm-hmm. when I think about that, that concept of moving well or learning well, or even um, finding those lessons or being able to track more easily to them, there is so much that goes into that, that we don't, mm-hmm. that we don't often talk about. So when I, when you think about a whole person and you think about your, your ability to learn well or to move well, I think about so many variables. This is almost like this meta construct that is affected by my own feelings of confidence or efficacy. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. By, my, by the, the community that surrounds me. Am I able to be agile if, I, if I'm not supported? Do I know for the sake of what or whom? I think what's, I, I mentioned this with a converse, in a conversation with, with you and with Ken the other day, is that I personally believe that learning agility is a neutral concept. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. you could be learning agile and do horrible things. And, it's, and, so, and so I think the, the question of learning agility for the sake of what or whom begs mm-hmm. another question. So I'm, I'm not saying that this, I, this book is amazing, but I think we also have to be mindful that a whole person also has that part of it is their, you know, they're also their, their capacity, my own capacity to do damage as well as good with that increasing mm-hmm. with what mm-hmm. I learned. And so mm-hmm. I think that mm-hmm. what's fascinating about the variables in psychology from a whole perspective is just this, um, is that I realize I've spent most of my career building a system and a process that would invite that, that, that possibility of being more mm-hmm. agile, but I wouldn't, wouldn't necessarily always mm-hmm. use that language that includes uh-huh. all those multiple variables that might even include partly personality, you know, that some of uh-huh. it might be predicted by what I was wired for. Um, exactly. Yeah. And so it's, it's, uh, thank you for asking. Cause you know, that I just, I, my brain goes there. I'm a, I'm a natural kind of integrator sometimes to a fault. So, uh, um, I appreciate that. So let me ask you this. So given that, um, what is it that I wrote this down? So I want to be clear about my, my question is that sometimes like, even as we're discussing it now, I think the concept of learning agility can be sort of this thing in the clouds that can feel mm-hmm. quite, quite complex, quite nuanced, um, and difficult to wrap our, our brains around. Are there simple models that you could share with us about becoming more learning agile? I know we both have opinions mm-hmm. about this, but I don't know what you're going to say. Yeah. And so what sure. would you suggest? Yeah. In the process of working around learning agility, uh, it can seem very complex. And I, I don't think we want to oversimplify it because we want to dig in as researchers to the nuances. But when I'm working with leaders, I find it helpful to have some simple models that are easy to remember. And uh, again, going back to the definition of learning agility, I think the most, the definition I like the best is um, knowing what to do when you don't know what to do. Now, obviously, there's kind of a paradox in that, knowing what to do when you want. No. So when you're in those situations, I like to think about, you know, five sets of behaviors. I call them the learning agile behaviors. One set is observing. Second set is doing. Third is connecting. Fourth is thinking. And fifth is mobilizing. Observing is about taking the time to pause this is, includes the idea of mindfulness, uh, being aware what's going on in the environment, being able to even look out into the future. I mean, to be learning agile, if you wait until the moment you need to learn something, you're probably already behind. So observing means observing down the road to know what you need to learn in the future. The second category is doing. And that's, you know, experimenting is trying things out, you know, sometimes big stretch assignments. Sometimes it means taking baby steps. 
um, this step, this, this sort of bucket of behaviors inevitably takes courage. Um, and in fact, the other day, we, I was working with someone on their development plan and uh, one of the learning and development people said, does this plan make you uncomfortable enough? Uh, if there was no discomfort in the plan, then it probably wasn't a good, uh, a good stretching plan. So it's about practicing and it goes beyond, sometimes people think, oh, books and all that, that's not learning from experience. I tend to think that if you can pick up the right book or the right YouTube video, that you can learn some lessons from other people's experience and that it prevents the trial and error. So doing includes that as well. Connecting, this is learning from other people. It's the mentors, it's the support network, it's the uh, being willing to ask for help. It's the whole social dimension. Uh, thinking is, includes reflecting. It involves stepping back and really looking deeply at our assumptions. I think this is the one that's most challenging because those filters are, can be so invisible to us. Um, uh, but I think one of the, the easiest, um, not easy, but maybe one of the most tangible ways to do this is to try to ask questions from a learner perspective versus constantly judging or evaluating things. And then mobilizing, I think this is what touches on some of uh, your thinking, Rob, about you know, what motivates people. But if you're going to go on a journey of learning something, you know, it won't all be fun and games. Hopefully part of it will spark some joy, but there are going to be places along the way where it's hard. And so we have to, we have to find things that inspire us, that keep us on track that help us manage our emotions, that help us know when to go through cycles of renewal. So I, I know I probably added a lot of complexity there, but I, if I think if people find themselves in situations where I don't know what, I, I, I need to know what to do because I don't know what to do, then thinking about observing, doing, connecting, thinking, believing might at least you know, jog some, some starting points. Okay, you just blew my mind because you know <laughs> I told you where I might go next if we had, and I yeah, want to get this yeah. conversation going. But you know this, and and it's um one of our, our the, one of the the contributions of our chapter was this realization I had several years ago as we were doing research on this that people that this connection between learning and motivation, mm -hmm. and really it's thinking deeply, there. studying what what motivates people to learn, and I never never mm -hmm. until just now had this this eye opening right what you just described was, well, was very, very closely aligned with those learning motivators. And I, and I, Good. because here was my big aha is that sometimes we talk about learning agility is just go do all these things, go think mm -hmm. all these things, go try mm -hmm. the, all these things. And what, I, what I, I got really interested in this concept that we are motivated to learn by different things. Mm -hmm. that, that actually motivation to learn and agility itself that we have differences. So like with football players that some, I don't know why I think about football players, but if we don't know football, you assume that everybody has the same kind of agility, but some football players uh -huh. move well with their hands, some move well right. with their feet. And so, right. and it's funny mapping this, our six motivators in the motivational learning inventory is we have seeker, strategist, connector, influencer, stabilizer, and receptor. And they actually map very closely onto those things you just described. And I, well, I just think it's interesting that all of you are listening is to realize that every person in whom you're invested might be motivated to learn and be agile in different kinds of ways. Right. That is fascinating to discover. And I just thank you for that. Thanks for joining this wild conversation. If you'd like to learn more about wild leaders, visit us at wildleaders.org. 
If you want to purchase the Wild Toolkit, visit wildtoolkit.com. If you'd like to join the interactive live recording with other leaders, sign up at wildleaders.org backslash wildconversation. I'm Megan Lawrence. Have a great day.